right, welcome to NMD Podcast number five. Five. It's five already. Yeah, welcome. And yes. Today's topic was another, another tough one this for me. This was your idea. This yep. was, and it was a tough one for me. It was. Um, today we're going to talk about movies about music. And um, it's a huge subject for me because I, I almost exclusively watch either documentaries or movies about music or yes, some similar some element of music to them. So I think just to kind of set the premise, um, we've included in our movies about music, we've included, you know, kind of documentary style, um, you know, I, I don't know what to call it, reenactments or something like that, because I have a couple on here that, you know, are Hollywood movies about musicians, you know, played by actors. Yeah. And, and then I, I have some documentaries in here, too. Um, so it, it, I, I'm sure it'll be a hotly contested topic because so many people, there's so many good movies about music and, and, and some really terrible ones too. <laughs> <laughs> or awesomely bad ones. Which I like. I, I like that. <clears throat> Rockstar. I, uh, <laughs> you know, I will weep during Rockstar. I, um, there's, was also a little period of time when VH1 was doing some movies they did like the te- uh, the story of like the temptations it was really good yeah they did def leppard you know with oh like, yes with not your that was A-list, really cheesy right not your a-list um not your a-list actors i will i will go out on a limb i will put motley Cruz the dirt, the dirt. right yeah um I, I, I mean i guess a couple of those people are, are fairly well-known actors or musicians that machine gun kelly guy who played the rapper who played tommy lee yeah he is well known, I think the uh, guy that played Mick was in um, Game of Thrones. He played Ramsey Bolton in Game of Thrones. Really? Yeah. Wow. He so, did. That was, in my opinion, he was the best crew member. The guy who played Mick. Although he probably spoke more than Mick ever did. I, <laughs> I'm sure he did. And and <laughs> yeah, which is and and you know he was. I'm I'm sure not every phrase was. You know that Mick didn't always talk with that kind of ominous, you know, right, yeah. dark tone to him. But um, I I agree with you. He's yeah. though I like you know, I thought the in that Dirt movie, I thought that the main character, quote unquote, was Nikki Six. It was kind of his band, his vision. I liked the guy who played Nikki Six too. I thought he did a good job. Other than I didn't enjoy watching him play bass. Watch him play bass in the thing. He he looks awkward. Yeah, the timeline too was was uh very messed up like when they go to the party and they're playing billy squire vince is in that. the cover band playing, B- playing billy and that song I wasn't went, out it wasn't out yet, yet. <laughs> right i did that too that kind of that kind of nerdy stuff though pisses me off right and that's the disorder right there yes. in a nutshell that is the disorder is you hear you're watching the motley crew documentary you hear vince neal sing you know, uh, billy squire tune and your first thing is well that wasn't released yet because yes. i did the same thing uh-huh so and he wasn't driving a Corvette when he crashed. No, he it was, was a Pantera. It was a Pantera, right? <laughs> so just the time. Overall, I thought at first I was kind of pissed. Didn't care for it. Me neither. Uh, I warmed up to it. It was entertaining. Though. I warmed up. It to was it once. entertaining. I think yep. it would have been better had it been a ten to twelve part show. An series. honest to goodness. Yeah, but not crammed into two hours. But you know the thing is too, you can't get a Ken Burns is not gonna do the story of Motley Crue. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's hard to find a um you know, because I'm a huge crew fan, I know you are too, but a lot of that music is sometimes looked at as 
silly for lack of a you know yeah. what i mean it's not highly respected it's not taken seriously not, by critics yeah right. it never has been no um <laughs> but the record buying public would, yeah would disagree with you for sure and i would too um so moving on we're talking about today movies about music we we've already been in the show for 13 seconds and we've gone down the motley Crue side street uh we're back now on the main drag uh what's your first movie that you like about music uh no well, order. I'm sorry. No prioritized no, order. No, there's this isn't a top 5 one. This is just yep. random. Uh, the Blues Brothers comes to mind. That's uh It's uh, 1980, I believe. It, what can I say about the Blues Brothers other than to this day, I would consider myself a Cab Calloway fan. Yeah, the band in that movie. And the only reason for that is the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Is I sought that out. I, I mean, you know, it was so good. He did Minnie the Moocher, right? The whole, yep. and uh, and I I was like, who is that? And then I got into, you know, I got into, it's not something I'm listening to constantly, but like Reefer Man and all that kind of era of Cab Calloway stuff, I like because of Blues Brothers. Yeah, Booker T and the MGs, I, I you know, I Donald Duck Dunn in that movie, uh, Steve Jordan yeah, all on the, drums. All the, the, you have, uh, you know, you had Matt Guitar Murphy. Yep. Um, uh, you said Duck Dunn, Steve Cropper on guitar. Yeah. I mean, that's a real band. Yeah, Some Aretha of, Franklin in the restaurant scene. Uh, when she did, <laughs> you better think. It was one of my favorites. Oh, One of my favorites. Um, so many songs I like in it. Um, yeah, soundtrack acting, is great. Acting is killer. John Belushi at the top of his game. Dan Aykroyd. Uh, John Candy's in it. I mean, <laughs> definitely... Uh, well, well placed. I would that would be uh be in my lexicon too. I love the Blues Brothers. I love that film. Yeah, good call. Um, I went for La Bamba. Okay, the movie La Bamba. Um, Lou Diamond Phillips as, as Richie Valens. First of all, it was an engaging story. Um, I love Richie Valens. I love his music. Uh, you know the tragedy of the story is 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 weighty as well. And uh, my other thing was it, how blown away I was when I realized, and I don't know when, you know, La Bamba kind of came out, well, it did, before the internet. So I uh, I didn't know what Richie Valens looked like. I thought he looked like Lou Diamond Phillips. He did not look like Lou Diamond no, Phillips, dude. So. he did not. Yeah, La Bamba's one of my favorites. I will, um, I will uh, when we do our episode music in movies, um, I will touch on La Bamba again. What's your what else you have? Uh there's there's so many good ones. Um almost famous, the loosely based on Zeppelin, if I'm it, it is Robert Plant who said I'm a yeah. golden god there on the strip, and I think that was That was uh what was the band in that movie? Um Sweetwater? Sweetwater. Is it Sweetwater? That doesn't sound right to me now. Because I know this there's a Fever Dog, they did that the song. The songs are killer. Yeah. I uh I always thought, and I could be wrong, um, is Jason Lee plays the lead singer yes. of of Sweetwater. He, I don't know who they base these people on, but he is reminds me Stillwater, Sweetwater. I think Stillwater, Sweetwater sells musical. I think it might be Stillwater. I'll have to figure that out. It, I'm sure the soundtrack's in the house here somewhere. Um, I, I thought they Jason Lee's character reminded me of Paul Rogers from Free, from Bad Company. Yeah, yeah I'm sure there was some some uh, Plant and Page dynamic in that film too. Oh, I love, and then the media or the media, but the, you know the, uh, the Cameron Crowe side of the yes, story. Yes, that I, was. 
a hero of mine, Cameron Crowe, obviously. I, I fancy myself somewhat a writer. And, um, and just knowing that any of that movie was based on uh, the slightest amount of truth blew my mind. Right, yeah. Like, this kid did go out and do something. I forget, was it Zeppelin he went on the road with? Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? No. I'm not, I mean, I'm not. Getting to, yeah, hang out with a band and, you know, they, they trust you enough to to not right. <laughs> throw you out of the room. Right, and let and you uh, see it all. Yeah. You see a good, and it's not like that anymore, you know, where, plus when, Cameron Crowe, Rolling Stone magazine, Crawdad, Circus, all those. At that time, that's where we got a glimpse behind the curtain where you could see, you know, night and day with The Clash or with this band or that band. Now you get it. I mean, I see, you know, Steven it's, Tyler go get socks or something. Yeah, it's, it's been a while, but uh, when he was calling the guy for advice, was that Philip Seymour Hoffman? That it he, was. It was. It was, and he played Lester Banks. Yes. Yeah. And then Ben Fong Torres, who's famous, yeah. another Rolling, Rolling Stone, Stone legend, did uh, you know book on the Doors and um, that that stuff when he was calling him and telling him, and he's just you know been yeah. basically screwed over, uh, you know uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know. Kind of jaded. That, <laughs> well, a little. Very jaded. Very, I have I have a friend who passed away who reminded me of um, of that character of um, oh now it's escaping me. Lester Banks. Thank you so much. He had that kind of attitude about the you know where he wasn't he wouldn't hesitate to go oh that's crap you know yeah. <laughs> great I love yeah, that movie. the the scene with um singing tiny dancer on the plane <laughs> I could uh, the. And from my understanding, and I don't know what band it was, but um, the the plane, the drop, like we're gonna crash the confet, that came from a band. That happened to a band, although I can't tell you what band it was. No, this... but classic. I mean, yeah. just classic. Uh, my next pick was, and again, we were just kind of throwing out um some ideas. I have a couple. Um, I'm we'll skim on this one, but the Buddy Holly story. Uh, that was Gary Busey. Yes, Buddy Holly. Um, of course, that was a good one, and it had a lot of little things in it that I liked. I love Buddy Holly, um, and I think, I mean, that may be what kind of launched Gary Busey's career. I don't know what he had done prior to that. That was it was Marshall profile. Crenshaw in that movie as well. Yes, per- he was. And I can't. Re- my cousin or my my cousin, my buddy, uh, is related to Marshall Crenshaw. Okay, <laughs> well, we're we're side street. <laughs> I'm. Up here, uh, I live in Ludington here, um, I get a call, There's a people are going to have a party, and they've hired Marshall Crenshaw to play this party. Guy calls me, hey, you want a guitar tech for Marshall Crenshaw? I cancel a gig. I'm like, I'm in. I'll do it. Wow. We go. It turns out the woman who the party was for, she, they had, her and her husband had bonded over this Marshall Crenshaw song, uh, like um, Someday, Someway, some, one of the, the hits, and that's all they knew. Well, their friends at the party didn't even know that. They were requesting, like, can you play Sweet Home Alabama and stuff like that to Marshall Crenshaw. Crenshaw plays, um, he goes, hey, I'm going to play a, um, a song from a movie I was in. Everyone should be in a movie. And people are kind of looking at him like, you know, what, what movie? movie were you in? Right. You know? and, and it was Marshall Crenshaw, and I said that he had played. And actually, Crenshaw played Buddy Holly in La Bamba. 
Hattie. Yes. Okay. Yes, I believe that's him when he says, hey, the sky belongs to the stars or whatever. It's, I think that... It's um, been some time since yep. I've seen La Bamba. But. It's, it's a classic. What you got next? Uh, another great one uh, was Jack Black in School of Rock. That movie was so great. So much fun. Um, just the ran the gamut of uh, great classic rock and everything in that movie when he... And there's a dude Pretends with the disorder. To be the substitute teacher. There's a dude with the disorder for real. When he's how passionately he's talking to them about, you know, when they're working out uh, smoke on the water, maybe yeah. he's got the kids. Um, <laughs> I love everything about it. It's a great film. My son likes it. Everybody likes yeah, it. Yeah, it was a phenomenal movie. Um, just yeah, and a lot of some of the kids in that band really could play. could shred. Yeah, the, that the kid that played player. guitar, the drummer. Yeah, they're all players. Um, as a matter of fact, they've done some periodic things where they've played. Yeah, they got the School of Rock band, band back together, together again. Yeah, which I can't remember what they called themselves in School of Rock. What the band name was? Yeah, there's, um, you know, going off that another uh, good one uh, was Eight Mile. I've never seen it. Never seen Eight Story Mile. of Eminem, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a great movie. Is it? I, I owe it to myself to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I've I've I was a fan. In my younger days of them, I wouldn't say I'm not a fan anymore. I just kind of grew out of mm -hmm. listening to that a bit, but it was a very good movie. And told his story, which from all, yeah, it sounds like it was a fairly intense upbringing and, and, you know, filled with. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was no joke. The, the way he was brought up and, and getting the recording contract and everything with Dr. Dre and that, that was really cool. Um, one of the better done, like, true story movies. I will say with Eminem, a lot of people I respect like Eminem. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, not just, you know, not not my cir music circle of friends, but, like, my literature circle of friends, my school teacher friends. They, 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 there's something to Eminem that's deeper than just the... Yeah, gratuitous, violent, or overtly sexual. There's something in there that they hear within his words and context that, that. Yeah, and you can't. You know, it's all. Some of it's very facetious, obviously. Right. But I mean, I my coworker's like 64 years old, and he likes Eminem. So my wife has a friend. <laughs> I I would put her in her 60s or 70s. Tremendous fan. Yeah. Tremendous fan. Hey, and so. Now, if you're, you know, while you're listening to this uh, podcast, maybe you're making notes. Someone remind me I have to watch Eight Mile because, um, because that is one I I deserve. I I'm gonna quick go through. Um, I do have the last waltz. Martin Scorsese he does the final band concert okay. of the band. It's called the Last Waltz. Intercut with some interviews and live footage of Neil Young, uh, Van Morrison, Neil Diamond. Uh, Joan, uh, Joni Mitchell, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, beautiful. It's a beautiful film, um, Martin Scorsese. But my next one is um, Eight Days a Week. Have you seen that yet? I have not seen It'll that. It'll pass you on like Netflix or Hulu or one of them has it. And it's the story of the Beatles while they were touring. And it is mind-blowing because I, I tell this story a lot. There are only, you know, there are only four people truly on some not on earth anymore, um, but four people who know what it was like to honestly be a Beatle. And it's 
it's footage of them. I mean, it is, you know, um, footage shot of them on the road playing. So I, any chance I can look behind the curtain of anything with the Beatles is so it's on one of the streaming services uh, eight days a week. The, the story of the Beatles on tour. So they did the one. Stones one too, the rock and roll circus. Yeah, I, I have that film on VHS. Yeah. Really? And that was that was filmed back in the 60s, mm-hmm. and it was not released until 1985, I, got I believe. It, I think I got it on a bootleg VHS tape at the Record and CD Collector Show in Grand Rapids at the, uh, at the um, oh, they'd have him at the Best Western. At the hotels. Yeah. The, well, our friend Michael yeah. from Unscripted Narrative, mm-hmm. They interviewed the guy that shot that. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they, I can't, uh, Tony, I can't remember his name right now. Holy um, cow. Yeah, they That's interviewed huge. him like uh, a few episodes ago. That's huge. And it was really cool hearing him talk about. Uh, it was pretty ramshackle. It, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was loose. It was them, ha- you know, Lennon played there with the, I forget what he called his band, um, Dirty Mac or something, where it's Lennon, playing with Keith Richards as on bass, and I forget who else is playing. I have a a, a heavy... Um, Tony Richmond. Tony Richmond is his yeah. name. I have an NMD uh, moment from the Rock and Roll Circus is, do you know who's playing guitar in Jethro Tull on the Rock and Roll Circus? I do not. Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath. Really? Wow. It's his gig. He, was, he had left Sabbath to join Tull, they did the rock and roll circus. He ended up back with Sabbath. So wow. I love that movie. Um, I, again, the Stones and the Beatles are, are gold for me. I have um, the movie Muscle Shoals. Have you seen that? Yeah. I did. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, it's sort of a documentary about it is, the- about the Muscle yeah. Shoals sound. Um, you know, the Stones went, the Stones come to America, they want to go to Muscle Shoals and cut tracks with the Swampers. Yep. We all know the Skinnerd, Skinnerd connections, right? Um, top, top-notch top musicians, the sound. Jason Isbell was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, he, was the, yeah. he, he worked for Fame. He was a, a staff writer for Fame, uh, the recording studio down there. And um, to me, the Muscle, I use that, sound as a reference when I'm talking about music. That sounds like Muscle Shoals, you know? There's a, a sound that that music has. It's almost like it has absorbed that area, and, and then it, you know, it spits it back out to people right. like me. Um, I thought another good one along that line um, of sort of a kind of a documentary, kind of a film was The the Doors When You're Strange Yeah, with we were, Johnny Depp narrating. Yeah. Uh, that was really cool. I have it on Blu-ray. Um I actually watched it this morning before we recorded, uh, just because it had been so long. Is it kind of, you know, you say it's documentary, so it's footage of it's footage, the band? It's footage of the band. It's footage of uh, Morrison's uh, movie that he made at UCLA is in it. Wow. When he was in films, so he got a D on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was in that. That's where he met Raymond Zarek. Really? And, in, yeah. In, that, in school? At, at UCLA, yep. Yeah, educated and, folk. Uh, that uh, what? Who was uh, Francis Ford Coppola was in Morrison's class really? at UCLA. Yep. Holy smokes! Yep. Wow, learned, learned folks. I like my music. What's uh, to you? What's the? What's that movie do for you? I mean, does it give you insight into the doors? It, it does you- give you a lot of insight into the doors. Um, there's interviews 
in the special features at the end, there's actually an interview with his dad and his sister, Anne. Okay. And his dad basically said, uh, you know, my son doesn't have any talent. Uh, this is not his singing. He can't sing. And then he heard him sing, and he's like, well, well I guess he can. But he still never thought it was a real job. Um, you know, because he was in the Navy, decorated, um, you know, ser- serving the country. But so he had done that his whole life. I mean, I think Jim's dad died in 2008 and was, you know, in the Navy until the end. But no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they talked to Ann and she actually uh, said she found out that Jim was in a band when somebody from her school brought over the first Doors record, and she's like, that's my brother on the cover. Holy... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You hear a lot of that story, though. You'll hear a lot. There was a generation... There still is. There's still parents to this day who will look at a a musician, famous or otherwise, and say, when do you think you'll be getting a real job? Well, if you... Yeah, and if you're a Doors fan like I am, and you want real facts about the doors watch that okay. don't watch oliver stone's movie that movie's a piece of shit uh who who starred in that val kilmer val kilmer thank you yeah i've never uh, seen either kyle but... mclaughlin plays ray um the doors gosh. movie is again on a streaming service right now yeah it's, it's... garbage no the one year i'm sorry the people are strange oh is it yes it yeah, is i have it on blu-ray yeah, but... it's in my queue so yeah the the doors movie by oliver stone was just it pissed me off, really, because there's so many lies, so just so much too stuff Hollywood. that didn't happen. Yeah, too Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood. I understand you got to make it a little bit Hollywood, but come on. I mean, <laughs> they should make movies. It's like, you know, another one that that I did not like um, was uh, what is the movie called? Um, I have it written down here. Oh, uh, shoot. I can't remember what it was, uh, where I was going. <laughs> I lost well, it. Y- yeah, you said you didn't, there was something, you, a movie you didn't like as kind of. Oh, was the one about Miles Davis. Haven't seen it yet. With Don Cheadle. It's called Miles Ahead. Yeah. not. Uh, it was, factually, I guess, I, I don't know a ton. I have a book I just got about Miles that I haven't read yet. But I just thought it was kind of a swing and a miss. Okay. It was almost there. But didn't quite. But didn't quite. Didn't quite make it. And, and that's the thing. They should make music movies that come with a little, like an NMD sticker on them, so you know yeah. you're getting out. Th- I I want the truth. I want the yeah. grittiness. I want it all. Um, Going off ones that tell the truth, and you talked about this in an earlier episode, um, and I hadn't watched it, but I have now. Is Echo in the Canyon? I, I, I love it. it it's newer. It, it's on um, Netflix. It, it's on Netflix. It's a Jacob Dylan thing, you know, that Beck he is in it. Kind of headed up, and and this these younger artists really dissect and appreciate that West Coast sound. Um, as we had talked about early on um, in one of the first episodes, that West Coast stuff was my early exposure to rock and roll. Yeah, it me was, too. The the interviews with um, Jackson Brown and. <sighs> And I mean, Petty, yeah, Petty's in, Petty's in the right beginning. Get go, yeah. It's called Rickenbacker. Yeah, right. That's and you know, <laughs> I, no Rickenbacker. I've, I've been guilty of that. I've been guilty. I've, I never I've, knew that till I watched it. I've thus learned that. Um, and and the 
those people have a passion for that music, like Jason, Jacob Dylan, Back. You know that you can tell that they're 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 um really trying to educate people about that, and I love that style of music. So. Yeah, Jacob Dylan, in my opinion, is somebody that I haven't heard enough from. I agree. I, I agree. The Wallflowers are great. Love He's them. only done, as far as I know, two solo records. There's something there, I think, you know, and, and without knowing any better, you half wonder if it just isn't the tremendous weight of the lineage. You know, you're I Dylan's know, but kid. He's... And I thought he, I mean, I, I was, I almost just said, well, I thought he lived up to that hype. I don't know that he did, but he made good music, and that's all he has to do. Yeah, he's, you know, he doesn't have to be. He's Bob not going to bypass. You, you, you can't know, to make a sports reference. You know, Brett Hall and and his his dad Bobby were both great. I thought Brett was better. Jacob's right. not going to be better. Right, but he doesn't he need to be. You can't be. You can't be. No, you can't be. And that's a, a burden that um, I'm sure is heavy for him to carry. You know, I mean, he's Bob Dylan's kid. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, say no more. But there's other ones that. That don't, um, you know, that that weren't as successful. I think, but his stuff is is so different. He's not trying to, never. He's he's not trying to live off from his dad's name. Oh, it'd be I very mean, easy. He started the Wallflowers instead of Jacob, Jacob Dylan, Dylan and the Band, Wallflowers right. or something like yeah. that. Jacob Dylan and Blown in the Wind or right. something, right? Yeah. I mean, he he sidestepped that whole thing. Um, he's a classy artist. He makes music I like. Um, you just, I, I enjoy the wallflowers immensely. I really do. That's a, that echo in the canyons, a, a great film, great film. Yeah. Another one that, um, that I think you have seen was yesterday, the Beatles movie where the no, guy wakes up. No, I haven't seen it you yet. Have you meant, you it recommended yet? it. You're about the third person. Oh, a killer. It's so good. Like, re- give me the quick premises. He wakes up and he's the only one who knows about the Beatles. He's a musician. And I, I hope you heard that. That was my dryer stopping. I hope you heard that on this because you need to know that this is uh, this is how these things. That's not work. someone buzzing in on Jeopardy. No, better yet, <laughs> someone buzzing into our corporate headquarters <laughs> yeah. downstairs in New York City or something. Yeah. Uh, yesterday is he's a musician, singer, songwriter, and there's you know tens of people maybe at his gigs, and. Most of them are his friends, yeah. his manager. Uh, she, she's always there, and she's taking him home, and he just tells her, you know, I'm going to quit. I'm done. Okay. And she dropped, he's like, just let me out. And she drops him off at his bike, and uh, he's riding home. And behind him, you see the world going into a blackout. Ahead of him, there's still light. And then okay. when it catches up to him, everything blacks out, and he gets hit by a bus. Oh, my gosh. And he goes flying, wakes up in the hospital, and his friends are there, you know. And then the the cool scene to me, um, just to, I don't want to talk about it too much in case people haven't seen right. it. I know you haven't seen no, it. I is they're sitting um, outside at this cafe after he gets out of the hospital. And they buy him a new acoustic because his was in his backpack on his back and got ruined. Okay. And they're like, play us a song. And he starts playing yesterday. <laughs> and they're just, their jaws are. They're um, blown away yeah. by it. They've and never heard like, it. Wow, where where did that come from? He's like, it's the Beatles. 
And they're like, who? Oh. John, Paul, Ringo. They've got nothing. They oh, got nothing. I'm in it. I'm, I'll watch and, it for sure. Yeah. That sounds great. It's so much fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, there's another one that I want to that I want to see that I haven't had time to watch yet was is blinded by the light. The Springsteen one where the kid is like in India, I think, or something like that. And he's a huge Springsteen fan. Okay. Um, I got to check that one out too. But, um, one I did watch uh, a couple weeks ago on Netflix is, um, called the two killings of Sam cook. Okay. I've seen that go by too. I have not seen it. And that was very good. Um, and basically what the two killings, the premise of it was, is the killing of Sam Cooke and the killing of Sam Cooke's legacy, everything he did. Oh, yeah. Oh, fighting yeah. for civil rights. And I mean, there were concerts that they said, okay, we're going to put white people on the floor, black people in the balcony. Mm-hmm. And Sam Cooke said, I'm not doing do the show. Yeah. And... I can't, you know, applaud him enough for for that. And that and gets lost. That ju- legacy yeah, is lost. Just his uh, and his. I mean, I'm a huge Sam Cooke yeah, fan. Yeah, well, but, genius. Um, that was that was really cool. Um, what other ones? Do you I mean? um, I, here, a couple real quick. We'll brush through. I like the documentary Hired Gun about studio musicians. Have you seen that? I have not. It's really good. It it features. It's a little more modern, but it it kind of gives you an idea of what. It opens up in the kind of the opening statement is, you know, when you get a hired gun, you're getting you're looking for the best of the best at that instrument. You know, it's Alice Cooper's side men are in it and and his, you know, um, Billy Joel's drummer, Liberty DeVito, who has a harrowing tale of treatment uh, at the hands of Billy Joel. Um, and, and then Rudy Sarzo, uh, oh. the bass player who played in Quiet Riot and Ozzy oh, yeah. Osbourne's Blizzard Vaz. Well, not the Blizzard Vaz uh, after that. Um he kind of tells his story too of just what it means to be a hired gun musician. Uh, another one that I'm working my way through right now, um, I just got access to was Ken Burns country music. Ah. Um, or I'm, uh, you know, let's say a couple, a couple hours into that already. And it, it, I mean, it's starting at the start. It is starting at, you know, the start of this kind of music. And I just can't, you know, I just can't say enough. The story, you know, country music gets um, marginalized a lot, and it's certainly now it's um, in the modern time. Modern country music is laughable at times, right? I mean, I'm sorry to say that. Right now, to me, yeah. Right now, it's yeah, laughable. Yeah, to me, I mean, what we it's pop country, pop, pop country, or right? Hick hop, whatever, they, whatever you call it, garbage. It, it's laughable, but originally country music, hillbilly music, that was race music they called it it went with the race records with the jazz with the blues with the um and it was uh it really told a a uniquely american story and um okay clothes are definitely dry um (laughs) i wonder if that'll even come through but um it, it told that uniquely american story of of both you know of the struggles of everything from you know out west the dust bowl uh, you know, Southern life. It, it just gave a real picture of, of American life. And country music, uh, good, pure country music did that. And um, and Ken Burns captures that in a in such a loving but scholastic way. You know, it really covers everything. Um, Festival Express I have on here. Have you seen that? That's, um, 
and I've got to think of who headed it up. It was the dad, I believe, the Grateful Dead. They took a train across Canada. It was Janis Joplin. It was the band, the Grateful Dead. I forget who else was on the bill. They went across Canada and played shows. You know, they'd stop, like a whistle stop tour and play. And some of the footage on the train, I mean, let's be, they jammed. They had wow, stuff set up cool. to play. Um, and there's footage of it. And there's a great scene with, uh, like, Rick Danko and uh, Janis Joplin blown out of their minds, right? Rick Danko from the band, the mm-hmm. bass player in the band, a classic party or just a classic old 60s, 70s, you know. And now, I mean, I guess we can call a spade a spade, a probably an addict and an alcoholic, of course. But um, it's just to see these bands just, they're just making music. They're on a train making music. There was food, there was you know, all the drugs they needed to do what they needed to do. Uh, that was there, too. So Festival Express is one you definitely got to check out. What else you got for me? Uh, 2012 documentary called Out of Focus about Butch Walker. Oh, are you kidding me right no. now? That's my jam. Have you watched it, that? Uh, yeah, when watch, he's in Europe. Own it. Love it. Oh. Uh, the First of all, Butch Walker. Uh, let's, let's take a sidestep makes records the way I dream uh, how records used to be made. Butch Walker does that with the, uh, you know, he's got the Black Widows. He's got his band and that, and they're they're cutting tracks live as a band. And, and Butch Walker's a genius. People do not know that. He is, he's produced some of the poppiest of pop records, the most mainstream of mainstream. He, he had, a, we know him. Uh, you and I go back with Butch all the way back to South Gang, his hair yes. metal band. Um, and then the Marvelous Three. The Marvelous Three, which had a, a tremendous influence on um, a lot of bands I like, uh, you know, Butch and the Marvelous Three. Um, it, it just, I love that. I love that movie. I love, I, I love Butch Walker. I, yeah, the part um, when he's when he does the acoustic song, which is, uh, oh, I can't remember which record it's on. I think it might be on. Um, Oh shoot! What's the one where he wrote right after his house? Bur- Sycamore Meadows, I believe. Yeah. Um, I believe it's the last track. Um, it might it might be on. Don't quote me on that. That it's on that record, but he wrote this song for his son called "Be Good Until Then." It's on. Um, I liked you more when you. I liked had... you better when you had no heart. Yes. Yes. It's on that. Be good. As a father. Writing a track to his son, it's, that was... It's, oh. it's a weeper. Go listen to it right now. Go find that track. It's all acoustic. It's you so You can come cool. back to us um, and resume the show. Go listen to that Butch Walker track. It is... Um, it is if, Especially if you're the father of a son, yeah. it is a whole nother ball game. It is. And, um, I, I mean... I know that you know right now I'm we're we're recording and I'm texting my own 12-year-old upstairs to quit stomping on the floor and be quiet and, and yeah really the butch kind of he kind of says you know hey you know I might not be here forever you know it'd be good it's just beautiful it is a- it's such a great Great documentary. It starts with uh, I can see him playing the shaking on walking a bodega. It's off the spade. Yeah, uh, which is bodegas and blood. Yes, yeah. it's yeah. a killer tune. Yeah. There's not a bad song on no, that. No, Butch. You know, like you said, producing and um, uh, maybe a, a NMD exclusive here. Butch is producing the new Elizabeth Cook record. Oh, oh, that is news to me. Yes, he. I mean, he's. 
I think he just not too long. It's been a little while, but he did like a Fallout Boy record. He's he's produced Brian I think, Fallon. I think he's done Pink. I, yeah, he's done Pink. Brian Fallon, um, Avril Lavigne. He did. Uh, he worked with um, Matt Nathanson. What's the the famous you know uh, famous Hollywood starlet getting out of every car with her legs spread, no panties on? Um, Lindsay Lohan. He worked with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. When they were kind of moving her towards some music, um, and to again a side street, Butch's uh, Butch Walker has a book out called "Drinking with Strangers." I know you've read it three it's times. It's great. It's great. It's always it rotates in and out of my uh, uh, my my reading list. I love Butch. I love Out of Focus. I bought it off iTunes of all things. I bought the film off iTunes. Yeah, we watched it on Prime, I yeah, believe. It's but so good, so good. I wonder if it's still on Prime. I think it is. Is it? Um, okay, I'll watch it tonight. To go off the Butch Walker and the hair band stuff, Rockstar. Mm-hmm. We talked the, about that prior. The Mark Wahlberg movie. Yeah. Um, awesomely bad, awesomely I want to say. And still, <laughs> and still, though, there's something in me that, I, as a musician, and I know uh, I, every cool musician will be like, I would never do that. In my heart, every concert I go to, Especially as a kid, the fantasy was, well, Rick Nielsen will be sick tonight, and the dudes in Cheap Trick are going to go, do you know the songs? And I'll go, I know all of them. And they'll go, cool, we have a left-handed guitar here, which, of course, everyone travels with in case they need me. But that, and Rockstar does that. I Another, mean, yeah. Shrieking, and they, they now he's in the band he was in a tribute band to. And to go off what you just said, hoping that... Uh, someone will either say, does anybody here know how to play right. guitar or bass a- or sing? <laughs> Jason Isbell did that on NPR Tiny Desk. He, someone, he someone, said, does anybody here know how to play guitar really well? And someone did. And this kid comes up and plays a song with him. Uh, and it was so, he's like, I, and just the fantasy that you had, that I had. We all have, yeah. He did it. He he's did like, it. I was, you know, I would sit in bars and watch bands when I was 13, 14 years old and wish, wish. I wish they would ask me Dude, I'm or ask someone in the crowd. I'm 15 years old and I still sometimes will be th- hoping that the call's going to come and they, they, you know, someone needs John, you know, um, that, that's the, the classic again, we're on a side street, but the who, when Keith Moon passed out, they said, is there a drummer in the house? And some dude got up and played with the who. Yeah. He played the cow palace with the who. Um, I, I, the rock star thing too is loosely based on Tim Ripper Owens, yes, who sang in Judas a Judas Priest, Priest tribute yep. band, ended up in Judas Priest. Right. I guess it happens. I think didn't the drummer or the drummer, the lead singer from Journey, wasn't he in a Journey cover band? He before? was. He was singing Journey covers on. That's a great music movie. That's not on my list. Probably not on yours. It's called Don't Stop Believing. Every Man's Journey. It's about the story of Arnell. Was the band called Escape? I, I don't know. Because I saw a Journey cover band called Escape once. Well, and this the, dude, they, the guy was really good. The dude they got singing now, Arnell, and I'm going to get his last name wrong. I'm going to say Pina. That's probably not He's right. He's from Philippines. He's from the Philippines. Yeah. They found him on YouTube, um, I New- think. Uh, yes, exactly. Same with Boston. They found their On YouTube? I'm on YouTube on all YouTube. the time. Nobody is finding me, Scott. What the hell? Yeah, I mean, Taylor Swift's a billionaire because of YouTube. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, speaking, I'm, we're going to go back to Butch Walker. Have you heard any of Butch's? He does a cover of, uh, oh, shoot, it's Taylor Swift song. He plays mandolin since, on since it. Since you've been gone, or, or no, that's uh, um, no, it's uh, 
you're in the bed with your girlfriend. She's in it. I know Butch. She doesn't look like I do. Oh, someone will remember this. She wears short shirts. I wear blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she's in, I'm in the bleacher. I can't believe someone's. Now they've turned Call it off. Call in. No. <laughs> they've, exactly. They've turned it off now. And then Merchant was mumbling some Taylor Swift song, and I went back to watching TV. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, Rockstar. Rockstar's uh, a great one. Um, and <laughs> all, uh, Tons of, uh, you know, some people oh. that we've. Matt, yeah, you know, uh, Zach Wilds in it, and you've Zach's met Zach. I've met Zach. Jeff Pilson is I've in it. I've met Brian. Uh, Brian Vanderark, our, our hometown, Michigan zone, our Michigan guy. He's in it. Um, he's in the cover band, Blood Pollution. It's, is Jason Bonham is <laughs> Jason in Bonham's it. the Jason drummer, Bonham's of drummer of Steel Dragon. Of Steel Dragon, and yep. Jeff Pilson, Zach, and then Marky Mark is the singer. And I think the actual vocals for. Jeff Scott Soto yeah. and Mike Matajevic from Steelheart. Steelheart. Yes. That's the guy I was thinking of. Yeah, those Jeff- two do the like uh the song the one the big ballad that where he gets in the band at the beginning. Yeah. We die uh, we all we die young yeah. or something like that. That's uh Steelheart. Steelheart singer. guy. Yeah. yeah. Well and <laughs> here is another Glaring example of the disorder at work because Scott, why, why, why do you know that? Why do I, you know that those are? And because not just, I saw Steelheart, not just who they are, but what band they were in. That's that's great. I couldn't tell you any other member of Steelheart's name. But no, I couldn't even tell you. I would have said the Steelheart singer. That's what I say. You yeah, know, two but, records, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, what, what was their big hit? Never let you go. Never let you go. Everybody loves Eileen. Yep. Uh, late for the party. The let you go was the big single. The that ballad was the, with the high. In it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was similar to that song. Yeah. Well, in, and you in know, Rockstar. in Rockstar, when Marky Mark kind of gets done with the whole thing, and he comes, he goes back to playing little coffee shops or whatever. Yeah, that's with, Brian's song. That's Brian Vanderart's tune, "Colorful." Yeah, yeah, which is killer. It's a great song. Um, I have on here my next one. I have written down is uh, the Wrecking Crew which is, again, about studio musicians out um, on the West Coast that did all the music, all the background tracks for the Monkees, the Mamas and Papas, uh, um, you know, all of those artists, Nancy Sinatra, et cetera, et cetera. It's all the top-notch musicians who recorded, you know, back in the 60s, nobody cared if you were if you played on the record or not. They wanted the single. They wanted to hear the coasters and the drifters and the da-da-da-da-da. These people played all the music. They were the background musicians. They created the tracks, the Sonny and Cher stuff, the Wrecking Crew. It's it, it's another great great one. What else you got for me? Uh, one I watched. Well, I didn't finish it. Um, it's on Netflix. It's called Twenty Seven Gone Too Soon. I've watched. It's in episodes. I think it's people who died at twenty seven. It's effing awful. Of uh, the Kurt. Oh, is it badly pissed, acted? It like pissed me. No reenactments or the just. I just thought the facts. I thought it was absolute shit. Just didn't. It factually me didn't. Off. It, start, it was factually. It was pissing me off, and I stopped it. Yeah, I've done that. Um, where it's just too much. It's just. It's too fake. Too much. Yeah. Well, and I did that with the Motley Crue one. I bailed out of the dirt, and I had to go back to it, like we talked about maybe prior to recording today. Yeah, we did. And um, I had to go back and just go, dude, enjoy it as. Yeah, lighthearted. It, it's entertainment value. Yeah, it was great. Um, factually, timeline-wise, not so great. Just, just things like the Billy Squire song, "The Wrong Car." That, that stuff just doesn't matter to healthy normal doesn't people. Matter but to... NMD people can't. Exactly. Listen, I couldn't stand in the dirt that 
Nikki Six is playing a BC Rich, uh, maybe a Warlock base. I think it was. But a it's warlock. got the wrong headstock. Right. The headstock <laughs> is what they call the widow headstock. And Nikki didn't have that. He had a reverse early BC Rich headstock. That kind of stuff bothers me. Um, Mick Mars in the film is playing a Les Paul, but it's an Epiphone Les Paul. Oh. Like you couldn't go get a yeah. Gibson Les Paul, right. dude. Um, that sort of stuff will will bug me because obviously I have this disease. Can't help myself. <laughs> I cannot help myself. Uh, we're getting close, but I want to cover this one. Um, this is, uh, in my world, might be the finest music film ever and probably the most accurate portrayal of the rock and roll industry. And it's uh, This is Spinal Tap. <laughs> Quoted. You to can't this play day. it. But I you from the time I it came out until tonight. If you're around musicians who have been in the game a little bit, you will hear a Spinal Tap quote. Um, you, you know, in my old band Dutch Henry, you couldn't walk to a stage without saying "Hello Cleveland," uh, you know, "None More Black," all the classic Spinal Tap, and it was so freaking well done that artists at that time were highly offended. Steven Tyler, offended, thought, why would you make fun of me? <laughs> like, literally thought these guys were making fun of them. The little Stonehenge that comes down. We lived in an era when that stuff happened. Right. You know, the... Iron Maiden, Dio, everything was Egypt for a while, and their stages would have pyramids and, you know, ancient ruins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and so this is Spinal Tap is gold. It and I should mention I don't have it written here, but have you ever seen A Mighty Wind? The it's kind of the folk folk Spinal Tap. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was done later. Yes, um, it's all those guys: Michael yeah. McCann, Christopher Guest, uh, and who Harry Shearer. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's just classic, classic music film. I I mean, you really. If you're going to make music, especially rock and roll, you almost have to watch it. You yeah, almost those, have to watch those it. Those guys actually in another one that's, I don't know if I would consider it, it's kind of a documentary, the Metallica, Year and a Half in the Life of Metallica. I, when I they just rewatched it. The I breaking, just rewatched it. The, the breaking, the making of the Black Album. And they're the guys from Spinal Tap are like, where did that idea yeah. for Black <laughs> Album Black come from, come Metallica from? representative? <laughs> I, that year and a half in the life of Metallica came out, I believe it was part of their box set. Yes, it was, uh, well, was yeah, it? it was called Binge and Purge. Yeah, yeah which yeah, was, was a big road Yeah, it had Mexico. I, I have it. Yeah, of course you do. On DVD, and then there's like, uh, um, I actually bought it when I worked at the record store. At them? Yeah. Yeah, somebody came in and wanted to sell it, and the manager said, nah, we don't want it. And I, I said to the person, I'll give you 20 bucks for it cash. And better than the store credit you're going to get here. Yeah, <laughs> and that's how I have so you it. ended up with it. Yeah, it's, it's DVDs. And, and I remember my buddy Was had it. Was it DVDs? In, I have it on DVDs. Okay. My buddy had it in college on VHS. Yeah. It, it was, was like a, a treasure chest. Yes, a road case. Yeah, it, it had a, picks yeah. and- All sorts of stuff. Um, some stencils, I think. And Do yeah. you, have you seen Some Kind of Monster, the other Metallica I movie? I did. I didn't, I 
don't like it. A whole nother look. For me, that was a whole nother look behind the curtain. I just thought the way it was edited made Dave Mustaine look bad, and that pissed me off because uh-huh. I'm bigger Megadeth, Megadeth fan, fan than, than I just I watched some live Megadeth the other I day. I didn't care for it. Um, I just, you know, taking as long as Metallica does to record a record is, in my mind, there's just no need for, for it. Right. Well, and the other thing is, too, with that Metallica documentary too it, it's a a real hard look at just how big business music can be i yeah. mean that that guy phil the doctor who's their guide life oh coaching them, who's the most annoying bastard ever to how be how much on money film. that guy raked in but, from that well and then what really bothered me is so this phil i can't think of phil's last name uh then he gets into this whole thing where now he's giving lyric ideas and he's talking about yeah. we should move that you know move that kick drum part and stuff it's like Dude, we got Bob Rock here. We're... Yeah, we'll let Bob make these decisions, or maybe us who play music. Yeah, we'll be fine. And you can, you know, you can go. Yeah, do your I own just, thing. I just don't understand how it's, it goes. Something else we were talking about before the show: um, the time it takes between records for Metallica. I oh, don't okay. understand it. Uh, who knows? I mean, they're in probably someone's in rehab. There's, <laughs> you know, shit like well, that happening all the time, but. Yeah, but I mean the first two, Kill 'Em All and Master with Cliff are just masterpieces of records. Ride yeah. the Lightning, and then Cliff dies, and they come out with, in my opinion, a really good record that you don't hear the new bass player, which on. is on purpose. They've admitted that was part of the hazing so re-release process. it. They should, and if you go to YouTube. Again, you can get on YouTube right now. Find, they have mixes. They have what they call, like, And Justice for Jason. Was that uh, Fleming Rasmussen that did that record? Because he did the first stuff, and then they got Bob Rock, which got them to do the more compact three- to five-minute songs. Bob Rock made them... uh, Bob Rock presented them to the masses. They lost me after... I mean, I don't dislike the Black Album. Of Wolf and Man nope, is a great I, I love song. The Black Album. I do. I don't uh, own it per se, but I, I know the hits, and there were a ton of them. Cripe, they were. It was like, here's the thing that'll make the Metallica purist probably angry. The Black Album is Metallica's hysteria. I mean, it it's, is. It's fifteen singles, everything on the radio, a whole. You know, it's it, it's a humongous album. It's done well. Um, ushered in a lot of complexities for Metallica they didn't have before. That's Bob Rock. And we were talking before the show about Dr. Feelgood. That's Bob Rock, man. It's yeah. big drums. It's hooks. He will badger the artist to get that package. He, he gets, yeah, he gets the best out of you. Right. Um, I've At what cost? Yeah, I've never, yeah, I've never been a huge fan of... Really, lover, lover uh, of the of the mainstream stuff that he's done, yeah, he's I, lover boy. I, and... I, I talked about we talked about it before the show. I was never a Doctor Feelgood fan, yeah, really. Right. Uh, was... There's songs I liked, I Black Album. There's songs I like, but overall, I don't. It's it doesn't stand up to Justice, Ride the Lightning, Too Fast for Love. Uh, yeah, Too yeah, Fast right. for Love. Um, I you think know, they bring Bob Rock in when someone finally goes, "Hey, man." It's put up or shut up. Are we going to that next? Are we going global? Are we? The yeah, because radio is not going to play seven, nine minute no. songs. And the cult did it. I mean, Bob Rock produced the cult Sonic Temple. Sonic I think. Temple was. You know, you bring in a Bob Rock. You bring in these guys who their ears are 
sort of designed for radio. They they know how to take a Metallica and boil that thing down to something that you, you just couldn't, you know, hit the lights was not going to be on the radio. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, you needed uh, a Bob Rock to give it to the masses, for better or worse. And, you know, he, I, and he was a musician. Um, yeah. And let me ask you this. Do you think um, it? you have to be a musician to be a good producer? No. Because I don't think you I do. I don't think you do either. I think you can have an ear that I think this needs to be here or this needs to be there. I don't think you have to be able to play an instrument. I don't think you do either. I think um, a lot of those people, and I remember hearing uh, Aerosmith talk about it on a, a documentary called The Making of Pump. They were talking about Bruce Fairburn, who's another producer, famous, Bon Jovi, yep. and blah, 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 blah. But you know, Steven Tyler goes, Bruce Fairburn's a town planner. He goes, hey, move the bridge over <laughs> here. You know, Do this, do this. Let's use this to get to here. I think you need those as a musician. Um, I can tell you this: when we were in a room recording, we needed a fifth person. We needed someone to say the unpleasant stuff. We needed well, yeah. so- someone. You know, if if I said to you know the guitar player that riff sucks, well, that's because I'm a guitar player and I, I think my riff is better, or at least that's how he sees it. That fifth person goes, that sucks, and. Well- yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not really a musician. I was kind of a bass player, but you got you've sent me stuff and say, "Let me know what you think of this." You got to have and other ears. Other you've... friends of ours in bands have sent me stuff or invited me to the studio like, "What do you think of this?" You so... have to have that. Here's the thing. And this is my this is um purely John Merchant philosophy, but you have got to have other ears. Otherwise, everything you do you think is a song. People I I meet people all the time. I've written 500 songs, they say. Yes and no. You've had 500 ideas. <laughs> that extra set of ears takes your ideas and makes some songs, or, or God forbid, now you can make music for yourself and have it all you want, but it's that extra set of ears. It's an extra person to go, hey, man, this is working and this isn't. And trust me, trust me when I say it doesn't hurt any less when someone goes, this is shit. Right. And you go, I work, yeah. put a lot into this, you know, but you need it. Otherwise, I think everything I do is music and it's not. Some of it's just ideas. You know? Yeah. And you say, OK, let's move this here. Let's do this here. It's it. Let's not throw away the framework. Right. But right. Let's just another ear. And, and, you know, getting back on topic to these movies about music. Those are ones I really like. I love seeing the process. I love seeing, I want to see, I don't care if it's the Jonas Brothers are in the studio, I will watch it because I like that process. I've watched movies about the Backstreet Boys going on tour and and I don't like any of that music, but I want to see the process. I want to see the guys working out the dance routines. I want to, Michael Jackson had one called, before he passed, he was working on the final tour. I think it was called This Is It. Uh, don't quote me on that. Documentary about it, tour prep for him. I want to see that, dude. Yeah, I want to see I the guitar players that. work out their parts and the drummer and Michael stop them and go over harmonies with the backup singer. I, I don't care what genre it is. Some I really of my friends um, a few years ago from Chicago, the guys in Hello Dave, they recorded. I remember that band, by the way. They recorded in town at um, Michael Crittenden's studio yeah, yeah, at yeah. Mackinac Harvest, and they streamed it over the web where you could watch the whole and that was so much fun. And, and it was like a year and a half in the life of Metallica that you got an eye into the studio. And here, I'm, this is a to speak to that. I 
I am of the thought where if you're making the the art, the album, the whatever, make it, document it any way you want. Give it to me afterwards. Because I want to, like when the Black Album, the Black Album was out when the documentary came out. Right, yeah. I want to see it after the fact so I can form my opinions and then I, I can have listened to it and go, oh, this was cooler. I wonder how they did And then I get to see it. What I don't like this day and age, now I'm shaking my fist and telling you to get off my lawn. <laughs> what I don't like this day and age is Bands and artists have to expose you to everything. You know, here's where's pictures of us in the studio. Here we're streaming this. Here's this. Here's that. Hey, man, I, I I love Led Zeppelin one. Would I like to see a documentary of them in the studio? Yes. Do I like the ideas in my head of what the studio was like? I like that even more. You know, I want to imagine those things. After the fact, make your album, make your video, do whatever. Show me the making of after the product is done. That's what I really want, you know? Yeah. Well, it looks like we are creeping up to the end of the episode. You got any quick things to throw at me movie-wise? Uh, no. Speed just, round? Uh, just some suggestions uh, or some uh, just things that we've been into lately. Um, I've been, I just finished a book on the Rat Pack Ooh. called Rat Pack Confidential, which was very good, very... Uh, I found out some things that I probably didn't want to know, but yeah. uh, just about some of my, you know, quote unquote heroes from. <laughs> That's hard too. <laughs> it is That's hard. It's hard um, to learn those things about people you admire. And uh, but I'm reading a book now. Uh, I I can't remember the author's name, but it's called "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck." <laughs> and when I got it in the mail and opened it, my wife said. Seriously, do you need to be more cynical? <laughs> See, I could use that book in my life. Oh, I'm going to ask you tomorrow because you know I, I'm going through this thing right now, and it's the it's the it's like why can't I be wired to not give? You know why can I not go? I I see people all the time who appear to not care at all, and and there's something I envy about that. <laughs> Rather than caring about everything, you know what I mean? Yes, Over caring, I do. I don't think I have any. I think I went through my entire uh, everything I had jotted down. Everything you've been um, listening to or watched lately outside right of of the music. Movies no, or I'm books socially or inept. There's your... nothing but music. I can't have a conversation. I can't do anything. No. It's music, music, music. I'm the least <laughs> rounded person. I have no friends. No one wants to spend time with me. Nobody, you know, my wife's friends, uh, my friends. Nobody wants to go to dinner and chat about this shit. Nobody. <laughs> It's only you and the good folks that are listening. God bless them for listening. Um, what what were you? <laughs> you had a, a, a name uh, before we started. I said we were talking about folks who listen to the show. And the disorderlies. The disorderlies. That's killer, the man. The disorderlies have been um, sending emails and ideas. commenting ideas. Dude. We got we got one we're going to do that we're, we've in the process of writing. It's from uh, John in Florida. Recommended we do a concept album yeah, show, which is going to be heavy. so. Keep those ideas coming uh, to us. But yeah, please and, and check out our uh, Instagram page, like, uh, share how you're listening in your in your stories, and uh, we'll post them. And that's if you want to help out the show, just tell your friends, yep. share. That's how this uh, works. Copy. You know, when John posts it on Facebook, things like that, share it on your Facebook. And, Everything we can get. Um, we're, we, we've so far five different countries. Wow. And 
I think it's closing in on a hundred cities across the world. That's really cool. <laughs> and you know what it is in dude? three episodes. It's really honest to God. So little about us, and it, it speaks highly to the topic. We love music. It brings us together. There are people like us out there. We know they're out there. They're commenting. They're sending emails. It, it, it you know, we don't. You know, there are no fans of the show. They're just friends who we're talking about yeah. music with. You know, that's all we're doing. Um, and we're going to get to the point here, I think, sooner than later where we will have a special show that does some call-in stuff. Yeah, call-ins, and, and interviews. Interviews. But I really would love to hear from people who listen. You know, we'll give them a, a time that they can call in and, and maybe we can have a chat with just some folks who are like us. You know, maybe they're not in the music business, but they're they're fans of, of music. And um, I don't know. It's been such a blessing to talk about music with you, with someone I admire and I, I, you know, is a friend and and then have other people involved. I, I just yeah, I'm blown away by it. I, I couldn't ask for anything. Well, more when this was still in the just we were talking about it phase and you and I were sitting in your truck before a gig and I said to you, I'll be happy if we have 100 listeners at yeah. the end of a year. Yeah. We're over that. Yeah. And it's just people like us, just our friends, man. I just <laughs> can't is, believe it. Which is amazing. It's it's all um it's all we could ask and for. Thanks to the thanks to the boys Jason and Michael from Unscripted Narrative. They talked about yes, our show for about a awesome minute and a half that, on their man. podcast. How awesome was that? So man. we yeah. did get some uh I did notice some some listeners in California popping up, so yeah. that's probably due to those guys. And Keep it coming. Thanks to the Unscripted Narrative Boys. Check out yeah. their podcast. Yeah, please do. Um, we're going to end the show with The Future's Uncertain and the End is Always Near. See you next time. Thanks a lot. <laughs>